And good morning. You people online, thank you for joining us. You don't realize what happens when behind the camera that you can't see the rest of the people. When the preacher comes up, they all sit down like I'm going to talk forever. <laughs> I hope you're comfortable too. So, so uh, we welcome all of you as we, we get ready to worship um, Jesus, right? As we get to, last week we got to celebrate the resurrection. He's still resurrected. All right, he has still overcome death, and I think that's important. We have a world that needs to hear that story. A lot of people living in, in defeat right now, and a lot of people living without a purpose and without an aim, and we need to share Christ with them. We need to share Christ with them, and so let's go make a difference in our world, and that's by living like Jesus and by telling others about Jesus. So we're going to pray in, in just a moment. I want you to, to know that if you're online and you have a prayer request, just message the church. And you can do that if you're watching this on Tuesday, just message the church. All right, We'll get your prayer request. We'll add it to the prayers. That means other people will be praying with you. If you are here and you have a prayer request, that offering plate's not just for, for money, all right? If you want to put a prayer request in there, We'll add that to the prayer request list. And that means that other people will be praying with you. And that's why we want to do this family thing where we pray for one another. Uh, we make that connection with one another here, and we make that connection throughout the week by praying for one another. So I encourage you, if you have a prayer request, that you set it out there. And if you've got, particularly, if you've got somebody that you, you're praying for, that you have that opportunity to share Christ with them, by all means, we want to pray because we want to do what? We want to add to the kingdom. We want to add to the family. So let's go to the Lord and pray. Father, thank you for uh, this day. Father, thank you for allowing us to come back together to continue the celebration of your resurrection, to continue uh, to live out the calling that you've placed upon our life to go and tell. And Father, let's pray, Lord, for these that are listening today, whether they're here in the building or online someplace, or whether they listen a little later today or later this week, Father, just pray that, Lord, you would be with their requests. Father, the things that they are asking for, the things that they are seeking for that person, they are seeking to share the gospel message with. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join me again as we come together and worship the resurrected Savior. Water you turned into wine And opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you And into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Cause our God is greater our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. 
into the darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you none like you our god is greater our god is stronger god you are higher than any other our god is healer awesome in power our god our god and if our god is for us then who could ever stop us and if our god is with us then who could stand against and if our god is for us then who could ever stop us and if our god is with us then what could stand against what could stand against because our god is greater our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer awesome in power our god our god and if our god is for us then who could ever stop us and if our god is with us then what could stand against and if our god is for us then who could ever stop us and if our god is with us then what could stand against What could stand against? Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean, singing how 
All right. So last Sunday, we ended in the book of Matthew, the 28th chapter. And if you look, there's no 29th chapter, right? The story continues. Uh, matter of fact, it continues next. What we're going to do this morning, though, is we're going to, I, I hate to say the, use this term, but we're going to go back to Jeremiah, right? We're not taking a step backwards. It's what I love about reading the Old Testament. I have a, a, a love for the Old Testament, the stories, and I want to learn from that. And I think it's very applicable to our lives today. In other words, when we study the Scripture, we're not, pre- we're not prepping for a trivia night. What we're prepping for is Monday, right? We're prepping, we're prepping for Sunday afternoon. We're prepping for Sunday lunch. What we want to do is to learn how to live, and we're going to learn from people who God had a relationship with, who oftentimes struggled with that relationship. And I don't know about you, sometimes my relationship, sometimes our relationship struggles, and it's not everything that God intends for it to be. So here we are in Jeremiah chapter 21. Uh, We've entitled this series, Declaring the Word in Turbulent Times. And, and here's, the, here's one of those connections. You, you think about the times of Jeremiah, a time when the people had honestly turned away from God. There were some points in there during Josiah's reign, but most of the time the people, they lived like they wanted to. They, they mixed God in with a lot of other things. And sometimes, honestly, God got pushed back. And I think today, the world that we live in, the world that you and I encounter, maybe even our own world, at times, God isn't where He's supposed to be. Our culture doesn't engage God like they ought to. And sometimes what happens is when they don't engage God, then neither do we. Because some of that creeps into our own life. So as we look at this, it's that reminder that even though Jeremiah spoke at a time before cell phones, Matter of fact, he spoke before electricity and light bulbs and, you know, all kinds of things, right? But his message and the people and the relationship still are the same. So let's pick it up there. Here, here's the, 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 the I want to start this out. with a little story. Have you been in that place where the question speaks volumes? What do I mean by that? I, when I thought of this, here's, here's my mindset. Over the years, there's been times when they've all called us together for a company meeting. Usually it was to discuss the new insurance package or something like that, right? But you've been in a classroom setting where there's a lot of people and, and everybody, the speaker is at the front and they're talking about insurance or retirement or, or new company policies, mask policy, whatever it might be, right? And you're sitting there and you're listening to the questions and all you really want to do is what? Go home. Okay, right? Am I the only one that wants to? It's like, okay, I, 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 you, you, we're good. Let's go home. And then when you, just about when you think that everything's wrapping up, right? They ask, does anybody have questions? And somebody invariably asks a question. And it's a really good question because he hasn't answered that question yet. No, it's a, he's a, he just talked about that subject two minutes ago, right? You know, here's the form you need to fill out. Is there a form to fill out? You know, I mean, that's the kind of thing you get, right? And then, then he answers that question politely 
and says, yeah, oh yeah, there's a form. Sorry, I forgot to tell you about that, but here's the form. And we'll give that to you. And then, is there any other questions? Three questions later, is there a form to fill out, right? And, and you want to go to the person, but you're too polite. I would, but you won't, all right? Weren't you listening at all? Did you not hear him the 14th time before that? And that's the way it plays out. Did you not listen? So, here we are in the book of Jeremiah. And there are so many points as you read Jeremiah's message and the response from the people where you want to ask that question, Did you not, were you not listening before? Were you not listening before? And, and I'm just going to say that that's probably our problem today is we've heard, but we failed to act on it. We failed to truly listen to what God wants to say to us, and we go on living our life like we never heard it. So let's pick it up here in, in Jeremiah chapter 21, verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord when King Zedekiah sent him, Pashar, the son of Malchijah, and Zephaniah the priest, the son of Mahathiah, saying, Please inquire of the Lord on our behalf. For Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, is warring against us. Perhaps the Lord will deal with us according to all his wonderful acts, so that the enemy will withdraw from us. Then Jeremiah said to them, You shall say to Zedekiah as follows. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am about to turn back the weapons of war which are in your hands, with which you are warring against the king of Babylon and the Chaldeans who are besieging you outside the wall. And I will gather them into the center of this city. I myself will war against you with an outstretched hand and a mighty arm, even in anger and wrath and great indignation. I will also strike down the inhabitants of the city, both men and beasts. They will die of a great pestilence. Then afterwards, declares the Lord, I will give over Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his servants and the people, even those who survive in this city from the pestilence the sword, and the famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of their foes, and into the hand of those who seek their lives. And he will strike them down with the edge of the sword. He will not spare them, nor have pity, nor compassion. You shall also say to this people, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He who dwells in this city will die by the sword and by famine and by pestilence. But he who goes out and falls away to the Chaldeans who are besieging you will live, and he will have his own life as booty. For I have set my face against this city for harm and not for good, declares the Lord. It will be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he will burn it with fire. Then say to the household of the king of Judah 
Hear the word of the Lord. O house of David, thus says the Lord, administer justice every morning and deliver the person who has been robbed from the power of his oppressor, that my wrath may not go forth like fire and burn with none to extinguish it because of the evil of their deeds. Behold, I am against you, O valley dweller, O rocky plain, declares the Lord. You men who say, who will come down against us? Or who will enter into our habitation? But I will punish you according to the results of your deeds, declares the Lord. And I will kindle a fire in its force, that it may devour all its environs. Let's talk a little bit about the occasion of this prophecy, of this encounter that Jeremiah had with the, um, the messengers sent from Zedekiah. So here's something I want us to understand. As we read through the book of Jeremiah, it's not in chronological order, just so you know. Matter of fact, if you have the Bible app opened up, or if you will open it up later on, you're online, you'll open it. If you'll scroll down to the notes, you don't need to do it now, but do it later, you'll see the prophecies that concern Zedekiah, and you'll see what year they fell in, and the years are chronological, but you'll notice over here that the book of Jeremiah is not. So I don't know exactly why Jeremiah chose to wrote it this way, write it this way, other than that's how God had him write it. And so we're going to follow along, and we're going to look at the lesson that we understand and see in light of this, this message that's given in this time frame. So the occasion. So let me give you a little bit of background, the setting for this. Sometimes we don't have to do that, but this is one of those particular points where I think a little background will help you out. So in 597, in 597, Nebuchadnezzar already has carried away, you know, the Daniel guy that writes the book. He's in Babylon while he's writing that book. How did he get there? Nebuchadnezzar came and he took away the leading people, the king that was in place. He took him away and they deported him and they took him all the way to Babylon. And they left some people, but Nebuchadnezzar didn't want to stay, so he brought Zedekiah and, and placed, placed him as what they call a vassal king. You're in charge. Don't let it get to your head. Right? You're in charge. You're going to pay tribute to me. You're going to do whatever I tell you. You are working for me. And that went on really well for a while because initially Zedekiah was loyal to Babylon. He'd seen what had happened, right? So when you see what happens, you're going, well, I ain't, I ain't messing with that guy because he'll poke my eyes out. He'll take me back. You know, it won't look, it won't end out end good for me if, I, if I'm not loyal. What happens to us when we do something wrong? Sometimes we actually have help. We have other people who begin to speak into our life, and we know better, but we begin to listen to them. What does... The Israelites, the Jewish people, want when Jesus comes back. They want a physical independence from Rome. 
What does the remnant that's left in Jerusalem want while they're paying taxes or tribute back to Babylon? They don't want to pay taxes. They don't want to pay tribute. They want to be just... They remember the good old days, right? When David sat on the throne, when Solomon sat on the throne, when they were the one kingdom to be admired across the land, across the world. That's what they want. So Zedekiah begins to get advisors that warm up to Zedekiah. Uh, they bring him cookies and Starbucks coffee and stuff like that, and, and they become quickly become his friends, and, and they say, you know what, I think if we just reach out to Egypt, they'll help us push back. So that's what's going on. And when that happens, guess who hears? Nebuchadnezzar does. So in 597, he puts him in for a while, everything's good, and then he revolts and rebels. And the Babylonian army returns, and they figure this date to be about 588, 587. And the city falls. You remember that, that line that Jeremiah talks about, the city will be burned? If you read Lamentations, the city did burn. If you read in Nehemiah and Ezra, you'll see that they come back to a city and a temple. The walls are down. The temple's torn down. It's been burned. So what God said through Jeremiah to Zedekiah actually occurred. So here, that's the setting. So outside the walls of Jerusalem, Inside Zedekiah and, and these guys and Jeremiah. Outside of the walls is the warring Babylonians ready to march in. They have people on the wall trying to protect the city. And they go to Jeremiah. And here's what they wanted. Remember reading about one of my favorite stories. I talked about this last week when I preached at the prison. I preached about Hezekiah. You know, his city was surrounded by Sennacherib and their armies. Isaiah was the prophet at that time. Hezekiah calls out to God. He gets up the next morning and they're all dead and they go back with their tail between their legs. That's, it's all over with. And so, knowing that, what do they want? They want to reach out to God through Jeremiah and say, can you do that again? We'd like to wake up tomorrow morning and find out that all the Babylonians are dead. Wouldn't that be great? Right? That's what they want. That's what they're desiring. But here's the message that Jeremiah delivers back to them. So they have sent to inquire of the Lord. That's a good move. Right? That's a good move. When you want to know something, when you want to know what's up, you need to pray. In, in essence, that's what Zedekiah is seeking to do. So, in this story, what do we have? We have these three guys whose names I'm not going to try to pronounce again. Couldn't pronounce them the first time, I'm not going to try again. But those three guys, Zedekiah sends to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah receives them. And they say to Jeremiah, we have been sent by Zedekiah to inquire of the Lord. We've been sent by Zedekiah to inquire of the Lord. They wanted that Hezekiah miracle. 
And here's what Jeremiah delivers to them. It's not at all what they wanted to hear, is it? It's not at all what they wanted to hear. Jeremiah tells them about the, the city that's going to be born. He tells them, interestingly enough, those weapons you got in your hand, I'm going to turn those weapons you have against you. And the Babylonians will come into the center of this city. And that's going to happen in short order. It's exactly what Jeremiah told them, that they were going to, they were going to be overtaken by the Babylonians. And they could choose life or they could choose death. Life was surrender to the Babylonians. That was simple enough. If you didn't want to, if you wanted death, that meant just keep doing what you're doing and keep not listening to what I have to say. That's, I mean, that's the, the message in a nutshell. They wanted this, but God delivered to them this message. That what you want is not what you're going to get. What you're going to get is the Babylonians taking the rest of you captive. The Babylonians taking your life or the Babylonians burning down your city. You want a lot. If you surrender, did you notice that term, your life is the booty, your life is the prize. That's what you get to walk away with. That's all that you get to walk away with is your life. You're going to be carried away to Babylon. It's a place where Jeremiah has already delivered the message that they just need to build homes and settle in because they're going to be there for a while. Now, here's what's interesting as you read through the book of Jeremiah. As you read through the prophecies, we're going to see this play out as we continue on in the book of Jeremiah. This message to Zedekiah and his messengers and anyone else who was listening inside the walls of Jerusalem while the Babylonians were outside, ready to come inside, was not a new message. Not a new message. This is kind of like... Here's the message that's going to be delivered, and all of a sudden we're going to fast forward, and here's what happens when you don't listen. And then we're going to go back to hearing the message again and again. And we're going to hear the pushback against the message. But we already know in light of this, in light of the history that we have on our side, is that they did not listen. And that was the problem. The message didn't change. Why didn't the message change? Jeremiah was consistent with delivering the message that the Babylonian, God was raising up an army to take them captive, that they would fall just like the northern kingdom. Jeremiah would deliver that message, even when it wasn't popular. Jeremiah delivered that message when other prophets of the Lord said something totally different. When Jeremiah said, you're going to be carried away to, to Babylon and, and you need to build houses, the other prophets were saying, don't even unpack your suitcase. Keep all your clothes in your suitcase because God is bringing you right back. Because that's what the people wanted to hear. Jeremiah always delivered the message that came from God that captivity was coming because of their sin. The northern kingdom fell because of idolatry. They knew that. 
But yet, what was going on in Jerusalem at the time of Jeremiah? They were participating in idolatry. So that's what's going on. Why didn't the message change? Because the behavior didn't change. Why? That's more of a question. Why didn't the behavior change? Why didn't the behavior change? If you want different results, you need to change the behavior. But what happened here is the people continued the same behavior and expected different results. Let's go back and ask God again. Maybe he'll change his mind. We're going to keep living the way that we've been living, and we're going to expect that God is going to change. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. It didn't work that way in Jeremiah's time, and guess what? For your life, it doesn't work any different. It doesn't work any different. You see, if they wanted a different response from God, they had ample opportunity to do so. Because Jeremiah called them to do what? To repent and to turn from their, their, their sinful ways. And Jeremiah, as, we walk, as you walk through the book, he pointed out the shedding of innocent blood is one of those things you're going to read in the next chapter. He pointed that out. In this chapter, we saw that there was a, a reference to some of the things that they had done wrong. And, and they just kept on doing it. Like it was going to bring about, like something was going to change. We are, we, we are guilty of this. We watch somebody else's behavior who mirrors our behavior, but we know that, by, that we're smarter than they are, and so we'll continue to do the same thing that they're doing, and we'll end up in a better place than they are. Yeah, that's works. You know, I, I, I want to I wanna lose weight and be able to run marathons while I continue to eat apple pies and ice cream and candy bars and M&Ms, right? I mean, that's what I want. I want a close relationship with God, but I want to I, I wanna, I meet Him on Sunday. Now, guys, it, it, it spells it out here. If we want different results, God calls us to change our behavior. Those guys who mourned the loss of Jesus, who had been with Jesus, when they saw that resurrected Jesus, guess what? Their behavior changed. And when their behavior changed, the outcome changed. They didn't have to hang their heads anymore because their Savior was risen. And they went on and they lived their life and they began to share the gospel. And it changed the world. Continuing in their defeat, we wouldn't be here today. So here's what I want to do. I want you to think about this. Let's do some action steps. I've been doing this for a couple Sundays. In other words, I, I don't want us to walk away. That was a really nice message. Or that wasn't a nice message. Or however you, you feel about it. Like or dislike the message. What I want is us not to be them. And that means that you and I, myself included, are going to need to make some changes. And we're going to call these action steps. This is requiring that we do something. 
right? We've got to get out of the recliner if we're going to change our behavior. So here's our action steps. Let's discover the problem. How do I know what it is that I need to change? Well, A, you already probably know what it is. But B, you can ask God. But you might want to be sitting down. Because it might take him a while to tell you the things that need to change. But we need to uncover what it is in our life that isn't the way that it should be. It might be our prayer life. It might be the way that we look at people. It might be how we, we, we interact with our neighbor. It might be how we interact with our fellow employees. It might be how we live our life during the week absent of being in a church. So what we need to do is discover what that problem is. And as we do that, how do we, you know, this scripture of the culture, here's, here's part of our issue, and this is a part of the issue that they had back then. Scripture teaches one thing, and oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes, culture teaches something different. You have to understand, they needed to understand. The culture they lived in said idolatry was all right because everybody was doing it. That's the way it went. Everybody, you know, hey, you can worship God, but you also need to worship this one and this one, the Baal and the Asherah. Set them all up in your house. It's all good. That's what the culture says, but what the Scripture says is no, no, no. So what you've got to decide is when you put the two things beside and they don't agree, which one's right? Everybody together, the Scripture. No questions. If the Scripture disagrees with the culture, the culture's wrong. So we need to stop believing the lies and start believing the truth. That's going to help us. And then we need to take the steps to change. If I want to be a marathon runner, it means I may need to give up the apple pie and the M&Ms. And, you know, I have to take those things off the table. And it's not easy, right? Changing behavior is not easy. We just walked through the financial peace thing where if you'll follow the steps, you'll be in a whole lot better place at the end. But if you decide, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I want this result without making these changes, nothing ever happens. And so, every, you know, diet's the same way. Those things, if we don't change, then the outcome doesn't change. If you want, and I hope that's what you want, is a better relationship with God, to walk closer to Him, to live life as He has designed it. Not to rob you of anything, but to give to you abundant life. Then we, you, we, need to, we need to figure out what it is. Here's what my problem is. Here's why I got that way, because I, started, I bought into a lie. And here are the things that I am going to do. It may mean praying. Setting aside the time to pray may mean setting aside a time to read the Scripture. It may mean that you may need to go and offer an apology to your coworker or your neighbor or you know, wave at the person on the highway that cuts you off all the time and smile. Right? Just whatever it is that God is asking you to change the behavior. Make those changes. It won't be easy. But remember, you're not in this alone. God walks with you through the Holy Spirit. Let's make those changes with the knowledge that God is with us. And He desires for us to make those changes. That's why He showed us the sin, the error, 
That's why He is guiding us with Scripture to what is right. Because He desires that we live like Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this day. Father, thank You for the opportunity to be in Your house. Father, I thank You that, that this morning, that as we stand here, we have an opportunity to respond to You. We may not have responded to You before in a positive fashion. We may not have really listened because our behavior hasn't changed. And Father, this morning, You have given us another opportunity to seek You out, to ask what it is that we need to change, and then to ask how to change it. And walk out of here, Lord, seeking to live the way that You would have us to live. Father, to put aside the lies of the world and to seek You out. And Father, I pray that today, if someone needs to know You as Lord and Savior, today might be the day they call upon You and ask You to be your Savior. Father, I pray for the rest of us, Lord, that we would seek You out and seek to live the way that You would have us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, and we're gonna, the invitation is open. Again, if you want to come down here and pray, if you're online, you can respond online. We'll respond to you as quickly as we can. If you have a concern or something you want to pray with, I'm here to pray, or you can pray. You can pray where you're at. But by all means, respond to what God spoke. When the music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's a word That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the thing i've made it when it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. Thank you. And let's make this week all about Jesus. Here's the scripture readings for this week. If you're doing the have you read, all right? That's one of the behaviors that I hope you've changed by now. And if you haven't, read along with us in 1 Samuel 3 and 4, Micah 3 and 4, James 1 through 2, and Revelation. All right, so no Wednesday, I'll have a video that we'll touch on. We'll have four videos, and they'll touch on those, those readings.